Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. The Astros are one win away from the World Series, their third World Series in the last 14 years. Robert, alongside co-host Stephen Kerr. And Stephen, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, the Astros were able to get a win from somebody other than Verlander or Cole. It happened. It happened, and it just goes to show, Robert, we sit here and we predict these things. Oh, it's going to be the the Astros in seven or the Yankees in six or, you know, an Astros in this. And yet the baseball postseason, it just continues to surprise us over and over. You know, not only did Grinke, he he got a little shaky in the first inning. You know, when the first inning started, I'm like, oh, boy, because he atypically walked three batters in the first inning, got a lot of traffic. Yankees got that one run, and you thought, oh, boy, here we go. But he settled down in the middle innings, pitched very, very well. And the Yankees, uncharacteristically in that eighth inning, four errors on the night, three of them in that inning. And we, we've griped about the Astros leaving runners on base. How about the Yankees? Oh, for their last 15 with runners on base. I mean, this series is not – going the way we quite expected, but it's still going in the Astros' favor, way in the Astros' favor, at least through game four. Two real moments for this ball game. It was the Granky bases loaded jam in the first, which you mentioned. Granky's total totals were four and a third innings, three hits, four walks, one run. Not spectacular, but just the one run, and they got him out in the nick of time. Because then the other big moment, Thomas Ryan Presley, the former 11th round draft pick by the Red Sox, getting a little Yankees revenge. Red Sox fans got to love him beating up on the Yankees. And of course, this is a kid that grew up in Texas. He's a Dallas native. Great job getting out of that jam in the fifth. And it's good to see, Stephen, a clutch performance by Presley in these playoffs to get him going. Yeah, it certainly is. I'm sure that's a big confidence booster for him because as we talked about on the podcast the other day, Robert, he just hasn't looked the same since he came back from that injury. He's just, he he looks off. He doesn't look quite as confident, but uh, he came in in game four and he did the job he had to do. And even Josh James, he got a little shaky start. He gave up that two run homer, but really settled in after that. And uh, he pitched pretty well too. Just a major effort by all the Astros pitchers in game four to uh, to nail down this win. And they, yeah, they did have chances to really blow it open, but it's hard to argue with eight runs and only giving up three by the Yankees. Eight to three win, we'll take that. Springer, you know, with the three-run home run, that was massive. I mean, that kind of gives you that little bit of sigh of relief, and we haven't seen the Astros get the big home runs with guys on base much. And also, you know, you follow it up with the Correa three-run homer. A great job, by the way, of the Fox crew showing Correa in his practice swings, preparing for Chad Green's high fastball so he gets his hands over the top. He's not popping it up and just hits a laser. And it, it just goes to show you, Stephen, the Astros, you look at something like that, it's that preparation. They're always ready for everything. And, and that was a big moment by Correa because – that gives you that confidence that, hey, 
maybe the Astros can just sort of sail in for this one and not have to sweat it out. Well, it certainly made Correa look like a genius. And yeah, that talk about great camera action. I mean, those are the things that you can't plan. And, you know, speaking of premeditate, I, I know this doesn't sound believable, Robert, but I promise you I'm telling the truth. You can put a Bible in front of me and if you want to. But right before when, when the Astros got those two runners on base, right before Springer came up, I thought, man, wouldn't this be a great time for a Springer dinger? He needs a really big hit. We The Astros really need a big hit right now. And I guess it was like a couple pitches later, there it came. So, yeah, it, it just one surprise after another on this game four tonight. You and I both felt it because I missed a little bit of this game. I had to go back and uh, on the DVR, I was out working tonight doing a little high school football. But, you know, e- even watching it uh, on the DVR, not knowing what what was going to happen, I just had a feeling. I thought, yeah, Springer, it feels like he could really use it. and I, Maybe he can get one right here. And, and yeah, then he hits that home run. And as far as Correa's home run, how about this stat? It's pretty incredible. This was his 10th career postseason home run. He's only 25 years old. The only other player with 10 postseason home runs before turning 26 is Albert Pujols. That, that's some good company to mm, have. And that's great company to have. So, and, you know, he may just be getting started. We, if you're an Astros fan, you certainly hope so. Yankees errors in the eighth. You mentioned they, they kind of go into full bad news bears late in that one. And, and Glaber Torres decided to start giving runs to the Astros and making amends for the offensive beating he was giving them earlier in this series. And, and that gets me to my always underrated Astros defense. I, I know you and I know this, and I, I know our listeners know this, but it just doesn't feel like they get enough credit for this on a national level. The Yankees with five errors in this game. Steven, it's worth noting the Astros now have a total of three errors, three in their nine postseason games, and Bregman has two of them, which is, you know, sort of uncharacteristic of him. Well, and, you know, part of that too, Robert, and we have to say that some of those are just the bounces of the balls, you know, but whether it's for the Yankees or the Astros, but, you know, the other night when that ball bounced off of uh, Altuve and Correa was right there in position, gunned the throw to the play. I mean— those are just the plays that, you know, it, it's not just luck. It's obviously skill. you got to be in the right place at the right time. But, boy, a lot of it is just the Astros are prepared, not just offensively, not just from the pitching, but they are prepared from a defensive standpoint to make those big plays, catch those line drives, be in the right position when a ball bounces off someone to make a big play. You know, that's as much a part of it as anything. And the Yankees, you know, as they continued – to, to, to slide and just make those defense. It was, I, I call it a defensive bloodletting in the eighth inning. You, you could just feel the confidence just seep out of them and really out of the stadium. And Robert, let me ask you this. When was the last time you heard Yankee Stadium that silent at full capacity, except for the Astros fans cheering, perhaps? Yeah, it was so silent. You could hear the whistles. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yes, the whistles in the dugout. Yeah, you know that's the real reason that the Astros are up three games to one in this series. It has nothing to do with Correa's homers, Springer dingers, great pitching. It's all about the whistling and the Astros stealing the Yankees' signals. Yeah, go ahead and keep complaining, Yankees. That's all right. Go ahead. Uh, A.J. Hitch, it, it's funny. He was just loving that in, in the pregame, talking about that stuff. 
the whistles and all the sign stealing. And he was eating that stuff up. I think he was loving it. Another interesting story from a Yankees angle, Adam Adovino, you know, RG mentioned it the other day. He's struggling now has four appearances this postseason in which he did not record an out. That's the most in a single postseason in MLB history. And that's huge. Yeah, he, he faced uh, two batters. He got the, the double by Bregman and then uh, Gurriel reaching on uh, one of those errors. So, uh, yeah, and of course, he, he always gets saluted by the Yankee fans now, uh, quite negatively, I might add, once he comes into the game, because even they know what's about to happen. Uh, but, you know, honestly, Yankee or no Yankee, you had to feel for CC Sabathia when he came in to pitch. Uh, Alvarez reached on another error and then, uh, you know, uh, Sabathia had to end up coming out of the game from the injury, getting a standing ovation. That may be the last time that we'll see CC Sabathia pitching. Yeah, Springer with the uh, nice ovation. And everybody, it, it was unanimous that this guy is incredibly popular, even for a Yankee player. You know, it's, it's crazy to see that from uh, other players and other fans because, you know, sometimes the Yankee players – not so popular on, on a national basis, but even on my Astros Twitter feed, there was a lot of love for CC Sabathia, which, you know, probably will be his last game in a major league baseball uniform. But uh, you, you mentioned this, Stephen, and we keep having to go back to this. Unfortunately, the Astros just continue to be awful with runners in scoring position. They were three for 14 in this game alone. I don't have the whole, uh, like playoff runners in scoring position numbers, but they're not good. You know, lucky for them tonight, two of those three hits were three run home runs. You know, if you're going to get with runners in scoring position, you might as well just knock the guy in and get yourself in as well. Well, that's right. Yeah. If, if it hadn't been for those errors, the Astros wouldn't have had a lot of those runs because as you said, the runners in scoring position thing continues to be a problem, but I guess it's, it's harder and harder to argue when you're up three games to one in a series, I mean, it makes you wonder, uh, you know, what, what more could they do if they start bringing those runs around? The the hitting did look better tonight, though, I thought, than it had in a while. Even in the first inning, when the Astros didn't get any runs, they were getting some good swings. You know, I think the plan was to try to get to Tanaka as early as possible and try to get him out early so that the Yankees could burn through that bullpen even earlier. Almost worked, didn't quite. They, they did keep Tanaka in for quite a bit, but... Still, they got the runs they needed to. They got the big hits. Those two three-run homers, we've been talking about getting big hits. Well, those came. Now they just need to start bringing some of those runners around when they're on base. A lot of guys got a hit in this game for the Astros. Jordan got off the schneid. Nothing spectacular, but at least he got a base hit. Maybe that'll ignite him just a little bit. I don't know, but you know, I'm still not seeing what I want to see from him. But one guy that I, I think you really need to get going here. And he's quietly been struggling throughout the playoffs is Yuli Gurriel. Our Mr. Clutch is, you know, having a rough time. He was over five in this game. Uh, I, I, I don't have the totals in front of me, but it's bad. If you look at his postseason uh, so far, it's really bad, Steven. And I mean, that's somebody that, you know, you figure you just kind of count on him to be clutch. And, and it's just shocking to me that he struggled as much as he has. Well, I guess I don't know if he can call Carlos Beltran this time, because I guess he's uh, 
being interviewed for the um, the Mets manager job, so maybe he won't give him any more advice if he gets a managerial job. He needs to do something. Now, he's had some good swings. He's had some balls that were hit hard. They're just not falling. But, yeah, it, he's definitely struggling. And uh, Brandley looks like he's getting going, too. But, yeah, if Gurriel can come around and just get – the bats, I think, are starting to slowly come to life. Some of these guys that have been in slumps are – maybe look like they're coming out of them and they're certainly going to need them to try to wrap up this series and hopefully get to the world series. Yeah. Yuli is seven for 35 now, which I I guess that makes him about 200 batting average, but it's not the batting average that is, is frustrating me as much as the fact that he he's not getting extra base hits. He's got one double in those seven hits. But the other big thing is, you know, it's unusual, real unusual for Yuli not to get a, a runner in from third base with less than two outs. I, I think, w- wasn't this the that the one in this game, a, a fly ball to right field, and you, you can't hit a fly ball to Aaron Judge if it's a shallow fly ball and expect to get a runner home? Well, that's right. And they weren't going to, they weren't about to test his arm on that one, no. So, yeah, I mean, he's somebody that we talk about Jordan getting going, but that's somebody else. I mean, that's really the heart of your lineup, and that's why. You know, it's it's so incredible. The Astros have, you know, despite some guys struggling offensively, you just have so many guys. And Correa, you know, has, has been fantastic in this series right now. Maybe he's the ALCS MVP if you're able to shut it down in, in tomorrow's game. You know, maybe Verlander is. I don't know. I mean, but still, I mean, you're you're getting something from some of the guys when, when other guys are struggling. And, and that's the depth of this, this lineup. And uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see if the Astros can get this one closed out because when you look at it going ahead, Stephen, it would be great to get the win uh, on Friday night. So you've got uh, Garrett Cole to start game one of the World Series. That would be nice. Yes, it certainly would. And, you know, getting back to how some of the Astros are picking each other up, that's really the difference because, you know, we, we keep talking about how stacked the Yankees, Yankees lineup is. But they're not doing that. It, it seems like many of their hitters are struggling. You know, Torres, he, he's doing pretty well. and But there are a lot of the Yankees hitters that aren't picking each other up. So the fact that the Astros are doing that, I think, is a real key to this series that maybe we haven't talked about as much. We talked about what they were going to do in the rainout. And, you know, I made this suggestion in the last postgame show that perhaps, you know, they would pitch Granky and then Verlander in game five. And I, I wasn't necessarily a big fan of, I don't remember if I said this, but I, I did make the point on Twitter when Hinch made the decision. I, I just wasn't a big fan of pitching Verlander in game five. If you lost this game, because then if Verlander loses, you go to game six and you're, you're doing bullpen by committee. I was a fan of holding Verlander back. Just, you know, not that I, think he's going to lose against the Yankees, but it's the chances are much better when you're on the road than, you know, at home and just having Verlander and Cole at Minute Maid Park in game six and game seven, you feel like with those two guys going at home, you know, it's, it almost feels like an automatic as opposed to Verlander on the road. You're like, I don't know. Um, and, and not to say that you were going to necessarily lose a game five if you did or and the committee or whatever, but it, because you, you could win that game. And so I, I don't think you operate under that premise that, oh, we're just going to lose just because we got to throw out Arkady and a lot of the bullpen guys. So 
I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm glad it d- doesn't have to come down to that because I don't know about you. I just wasn't a fan of necessarily pitching Verlander in game five, you know, if, if this series was tied at two apiece. Yeah, I would have had a big problem with that because, like I said, I, if, if you are going to set it up to where there's going to be a game six and even a game seven, you want one or both of those aces ready for it. And I don't know, you know, A.J. Hinch usually, he, he he's often said that he just takes things one game at a time. I mean, obviously he has a plan ahead of time, but he doesn't worry about the next game until the current game is over. So, you know, that may or may not be a good thing, but the good news is the Astros did win and we didn't have to worry about those kind of scenarios. Okay. Well now what do we do in game five? We're tied up at two, two. So do you go bullpen by committee? Do you throw Verlander out there? So at least the question is now answered fully Ver- Verlander is going to go for game five and that gives the Astros a chance to wrap it up. The one thing that I don't want to see is Garrett Cole on three days rest. No, I definitely don't want to see that. Especially after, you know, him throwing, what was it, 110 something, you know, in the 110s of pitches. And he also, you know, a lot of stressful, uh, a lot of stressful pitches in that last game with, with the walks. Yeah, and he wasn't as sharp in that outing either, as you recall. And uh, throwing that many pitches, I mean, you just, it, it isn't always about the number of pitches, as I've said before. It's also just how hard the pitcher has to work. And Garrett really worked in that game. So, no, I I think that would be the last thing that you would want is for him to come back on three days rest. And we saw how that affected Verlander, too. Boy, it'd be nice to give uh, Robinson Chirinos a day off after taking a bat in the shoulder and a baseball in the elbow. But Steven, you know, he's Verlander's caddy. So JV, you know, he'll help Chirinos ice himself down, I'm sure. Yeah, maybe he'll put a steel sleeve on his elbow or just, you know, anything, just whatever it takes to get him out there. Because, yeah, he's been Verlander's personal catcher the entire season. And, yeah, I'm I'm sure Robinson is – you could see him gutting it out when he was going to first base. That really hurt. But uh, hopefully he will be in there for game five. Are you scared of the Nationals, this pitching staff? I mean, uh, you you thinking ahead at all or – you know, I'm always scared of teams that aren't supposed to be where they are now because you just never know. I mean, I, I, their pitching is good that, you know, Strasburg and Scherzer and uh, Corbin Corbin. Yeah. Patrick Corbin. That was the other one I was trying to think of. But it's hard to say it was the pitching that great or was the Cardinals offense just that bad in that series. Probably a little of both. But yeah, if we have to look ahead, I always get scared of what I call team of destiny. <laughs> because you just never know. But look, the Astros, if they if they win the series, get to the World Series, they're going to be focused. They're going to know who the Nationals are. They, they certainly should be familiar with them because they share the same spring training facility. So uh, it's not like they haven't seen the Nationals before. Yeah, we're, we'll get to that one when it happens, but just something to back of the head kind of stuff. And, you know, let's let's close this thing out, get get rid of the Yankees first and you know, this is a good team. There's no question about it. I mean, this team won nearly as many games as the Astros. They're loaded. Um, you feel like the Astros can finish it off with Verlander, but you know, you just don't want to. You don't. You don't want to let a team in in Major League Baseball postseason action off the hook when you've got them down because you know momentum is the next pitcher. It's the next game, and it it doesn't take much to to get another team going in these type of situations. Well, especially in this case because they're going to be playing day to day today. You know, they're not going to have a travel day. They they used it with the rain delay, so all of these games in a row, you know, you you're, you're going to have to do it. 
uh, you're not going to have time to to think about. It. So there's even less time to think about it and get out there and do it. So yeah, I, I think the Astros, with the experience that they have, as focused as they have been, they've got their foot on the Yankees' throat. They want to push down, close it out in Game Five, and not wait for a Game Six or Seven. And that's certainly what you want, especially because they still have one more game in New York. The fans are going to be ready. The Yankees sure don't want to go home losing at home. So, yeah, the Astros need to come out ultra-focused in Game 5. Well, it continues to be fun, Stephen, and it's fun when the Astros uh, take care of business. 8-3 the final. They go up 3-1 in this series. We're going to continue with our Astros post-games as the, as the postseason continues. And, of course, keep an eye out because uh, Texans on Sunday, we're going to have that one. That's a huge one. We're going to have a post-game for that uh, on Sunday against the uh, Colts, big division game. So looking forward to that as well. Until next time, though, have a great one, guys. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.